Welcome to Mindset Win Uncut, a version of the podcast where we give you a full-length interview with one guest with absolutely no interruptions. Today we are hearing from elite BMX athlete Nikita Ducaro, a Swiss-American freestyle BMX Olympic bronze medalist. In Nikita's episode, we talked about the role of a supportive environment in achieving and sustaining success. In her interview, Nikita spoke really frankly about her anxiety and how trying BMX for the first time made her feel comfortable. We wanted you to hear her story in full. So here is Nikita Ducaro Uncut. My name is Nikita Ducaro and I'm a freestyle BMX athlete. BMX freestyle specifically is like basically small bikes. We ride them in skate parks. There's a couple different like disciplines within that. There's street riding, which is not so much skate parks, just kind of cruising around the streets. There's park, which is what I do. And then you also have people that will ride like dirt jumps or vert ramps. So there's kind of a wide variety of different things you can kind of compete in and all those different disciplines. For me specifically, It's basically a bunch of ramps that are set up in different configurations. I guess each event is always different. Typically, it's made out of wood. Sometimes it can be cement as well. And yeah, it's just like different things you can jump over, do tricks. My greatest achievement so far has been the bronze at the Tokyo Olympics. And I think it's, I mean, just to be able to medal at the Olympics, it was really cool. But also because it was the first time for our sport. So it wasn't necessarily something that like I grew up thinking was possible because BMX in the Olympics was not a thing. Really, I feel like I only remember it because I've rewatched it like on on video. But during I know I was like so nervous before dropping in. I remember like checking my heart rate on my watch. And then after that, it's kind of just like everything just feels like it's going so fast and you can't like see where you are. But then the more you do it, then your body just kind of does it automatically. And then you do see your landing. Like it's not so much thinking about the landing, but you see it and then where to put your bike down and stuff. And I think like when you're doing tricks that you're more comfortable with, it does start to slow down a little bit and you can really feel like that you're in the air and what tricks you're doing. And you can feel when you do them good as well. Like you just go do the run that you prepared for And I think maybe missed like one or two tricks, but everything else went pretty well. And that was like more like my safer run. And it was my first run that ended up being the higher score. So then second run, I ended up crashing. So I couldn't better the score. I qualified third, I think, going into it. So there was still one more athlete to go after me who could potentially bump me out because I was already, I was in that bronze medal position and that was so stressful, just like waiting. They took their time with the score and I think it ended up being like really close, maybe like one point difference or something. So just like sitting there waiting with the camera on me, waiting for that score to come out to see if I would medal or not. It was my friend Paris, somebody that I rode with almost daily. I was like, all right, I'm so excited, but like, don't be too excited because At the end of the day, I could see somebody else not getting the, their goal. I think I started out with a 360 can-can, which is basically I spun 360 and kicked my foot out 
And then one thing I really remember was my I did a flip the next time I came around and it almost didn't make it around just I think from nerves and stuff. But I was at that point was like so focused on getting that run that you can just see at the last minute. I squeezed it out and made it work. And then also the 540, which was a trick that I like really struggle with. It's probably like my biggest trick, but the landing rate of it is not always the best. So to put it like in the middle of the run versus at the end was a big risk. The 540 is basically you have like a a quarter, which is just like a ramp that you go up and you come back down that same ramp. And so I basically go up, spin 540 degrees and land back down in the ramp. And I guess, yeah, normally I, at past competitions, I would always do it at the end of the run just so I could get like a whole run done. And I'd usually just do it like on my second run so that I could at least get a clean run done first and get like a score on the board. But I mean, we were at the Olympics and so we knew we had to take some more risks. During the run, I didn't have any idea that I cut it a little bit close. It was more when I rewatched it or when I finished the run, like my coach and they, like said something like, oh my God. And I was like, what are you talking about? But then when I rewatched it, I was like, okay, now I, I know the stress that I put them through watching that. I guess some people maybe prefer to like go at it alone. But for me, I think having all these key people like in the right place at the right time is kind of what makes the difference. And I mean, it started from the very beginning, having my team of my family there to support me. And then as I kind of grew and started going off on my own, then it was up to me to find these different people to bring into my team, basically, just so I had the right people around me to support me in, in all these different ways. My coach, for example, he was just a fellow rider. It was actually the first time I was visiting North Carolina where I ended up moving. And he was also visiting from the Netherlands and we were just riding. And as we do in BMX, you kind of just help out the less skilled riders or the newer riders and give them tips and stuff. And he was just helping me out with some stuff. And I just really liked the way he was not purposely coaching me. He just seemed to kind of understand how my mind was working and stuff. And so maybe like a year later or something is when I asked him to be my official coach because that was sort of a new thing with us as well. We never had coaches. It was always just like the older riders helping you out. You could just tell like immediately he just fit in with the group. And I think that's super important is just having a team that really works well together. And it's, I mean, it's just like a family at the end of the day. And I was much younger when I played soccer and stuff. And I think I, I was like a close group of girls that were like my friends, but I think when I started riding BMX, that's when I really just felt like I had found my people. I felt like I fit in, even though it was like all these random people, guys, girls, people my age or 40 year olds from all different countries, all different backgrounds, but somehow we just all like fit really well together. And yeah, I think for me, like you said, it's not like the other people were bad, but I think it was just about finding like where I fit better. So I had a lot of anxiety and stuff then when I was like 13, 12, 13, 14. And when I would start to feel that anxiety, it was really hard for me to go to a practice or go to a game. Like I just didn't want to be there versus with BMX. When I started to find that, I felt like a lot more okay being with that group of people and just like pushing myself a little more to, to still go to the skate park, still go ride. I was in a more comfortable place. Like if you're not feeling your best or if you're not feeling up to something, having the right people around you definitely like affects that.
I remember at one point there was like an Olympic development camp that I was supposed to go to. I really loved soccer and I was good enough at it that I probably could have taken it somewhere. But yeah, when all that kind of started to happen, then it was like, didn't even want to go to a practice because I would be freaking out. I didn't go to that camp. And at that point it was like, that that's over. There's no way this is going to go any further. My dad was the coach too, which didn't help. But I basically was like telling my parents, like, I can't do this anymore. And my mom was telling me, all right, if you stop playing soccer, you're going to have to do some sort of sport. You can't just go sit in your room and not do anything. I was starting to have like panic attacks about like leaving the house and like doing things. So I think she was just trying to make sure that I was going to keep doing something active. So I think there was like a little bit of a back and forth there. It's like, okay, what can I find that I can do on my own? That's like not a team sport so that I can get out of playing soccer. When I told my mom that I would ride bikes, it was just like mountain bikes because we had some parks, like trails and stuff near our house. But my favorite thing to do when I was riding those trails was to find things to jump. And so I think that kind of led into watching bike videos. That part I don't quite remember. I just somehow stumbled across like BMX videos on YouTube. And then that's when I was like, all right, you can do tricks and stuff. You could go ride at the skate park. I was trying to do it on my mountain bike out in the street and it wasn't super effective. So I ended up saving for a BMX bike. It's a much smaller frame, smaller wheels. So it's just easier to move around and do spins and like whip the bike around and stuff. And then it literally just started like in the street in front of my house. And it's sounds kind of like cliche, but the bike literally changed everything in my life because at that point, I just kept wanting more with it. It was like, all right, I'm tired of riding in the street by myself. I want to go to the skate park. And for me, getting to the skate park was really scary. And so it would take like the whole day or even days prior convincing myself like, all right, I can, it's okay. I can go to the skate park. And then it was the next skate park that was a little further away. And then it was I want to go to this competition in Southern California. I want to go to this competition in another state. So it just was basically using this passion that I had found for the bike, for riding, that I didn't even know existed, to get myself little by little out of that comfort zone. So I actually, the first time I rode with other people, I was staying at my grandma's house because my the rest of my family had gone back to Switzerland for the summer, which is something I had stopped doing because I wouldn't get on an airplane. And so I was really just like riding the bike in, in my grandma's driveway every day. And I found, I don't remember how, but I found a group of kids who rode BMX on Facebook locally in the area and started messaging them. And my grandma ended up driving me to the skate park, which was like maybe 10 minutes from her house. And I met up with them there. And yeah, I think it just felt like really natural. Like they were just really stoked to have another kid to ride with. I was stoked to to meet some people. And they were, at that time, I was only just doing like one one thing in the driveway. And so they were able to like show me tricks and teach me different things. And yeah, it was just really cool. I was like, I had just met these first people for the first time ever. And we're already just hanging out. And there was no pressure for me to be there as well, like soccer practice. It was like I showed up at the skate park, but it's not like I had to be there at a certain time or for a certain amount of time. I could just be there as long as I wanted and I could leave whenever I wanted. And I think that was a big part of helping me just feel comfortable there. You see somebody else with the bike and it's like, oh, they're one of us. Like just a random. And it's now it happens on a much larger scale where it's like you go to a random country 
and you might be riding a skate park and somebody shows up and you don't even have to speak the same language. You just know we do the same thing. This is cool. Let's ride together. With BMX, it's constantly evolving. There's always something new you could be learning. Everyone has their own style. So you can like get different input from different riders. And so we're kind of all in that together. Like you, you go and it's like this big collaboration of something. Somebody does something cool and it makes you super stoked and motivated to, to try something, either try that or try something else that, that it made you think of. So it's just this never ending like cycle of learning things and progressing. You know what it feels like to land a new trick. It feels just as good to see somebody else achieve that as well. Just kind of want to help everyone like land whatever they're working on. A lot of the times, unless it's like a really bad crash, if you're trying a trick over and over again, you will keep falling, but we do know how to fall at that point. So it's like a lot of the falls might hurt for a couple seconds, but it's not like we have to stop riding. And at that point, I think you're just so committed that you fall and you just stand right back up. I overthink everything all the time, constantly. And so one thing that I still struggle with now, but especially back then was like, there were some tricks that I could do, but I would be scared to like, just try them in a normal session. And that's when I saw at contest, it was like, you've got all these people like cheering and you want to put on a good show. And it's just super exciting to be there. And everyone's like throwing different tricks. You kind of feed off of that. And I saw like that I was also like sending things that I would maybe have a hard time doing at home because there it's like they they start your time and you got to go. You don't have time to think. And so that's when I really started liking competitions because it was like, all right, you, they don't give you any time to think. You just have to do it. And so I was really able to like push myself during those runs. I think the difference is like with BMX is like everyone's stoked and the crowd is like cheering for everyone. And Everyone's doing different tricks and everyone's happy about it. Whereas with soccer, it was like you had the two teams and there was always like crazy parents. And we were like 12 and 13. They really were just super intense. And then you get to BMX and it's like, yeah, there's going to be a winner, a podium at the end of the day. But then also everyone's just happy to see you throwing down. Leading up to the Olympics, my coach and his wife were like, kind of like the main inner circle outside of my family. I have a sports psychologist that I've been working with since I, I think I was like maybe 16 or something. We'd make sure we were staying in touch and working on the mental side of all of that. And yeah, I mean, it was kind of, it was a small circle. My coach, he's just really helped me to not be so hard on myself when I don't have a good training day. If I had a less good day, I would just go home and just be sad like the whole day. And he really helped me just realize it's impossible for every day to be like that. Like learning to just switch to something else for a little bit and learning that's okay was really like, I think a big thing for me and just to be able to not just crumble after every session that didn't go how I had planned. Something he did say was like going into a session with goals and not expectations. He's kind of had to explain to me the difference between that because going in with expectations, then first of all, there's already then the, the added stress. And then you just go like down this like circle of 
expect failure and defeat versus going into it with goals, then you have these things that would be cool to do that you want to do. There's a little bit less pressure around it. And then if for some reason it's not seeming like that's going to work that day, knowing that you can switch routes and focus on something else and it doesn't feel like it's the end of the world. Just being okay with leaving it and just, it could be leaving it for the whole session or maybe it's just going and doing a couple of tricks that I know I can do for a couple runs and then coming back and trying it again. But really just being okay with that, like not allowing myself to, after missing a trick maybe three or four times, get angry about it or go sit down and stop riding, just kind of keep moving it's so much more serious now. Some days, like, I'll be super stressed about qualifying and then finals, I'm not stressed or vice versa. Practice can get really serious now just because we have limited time. There's a lot of people trying to go. So if I try to keep it really lighthearted, if I mess up a trick, just laugh about it and just not take it too seriously. That kind of keeps the mood a little lighter. And then it just kind of continues through the rest of the day into the competition. There is a lot of times like when the overthinking starts and it's okay, do I, does my, is my body going to do something weird? Like I know how to do the trick, but then all of a sudden I think like halfway through the trick, my hand's going to have a mind of its own and do something different. I'm going to crash with soccer. We're never doing anything that was like scary. It was all, there was like things that were hard, like physically hard to do, but there was never anything where you think, Oh, I'm going to get really hurt. I'm going to crash. There was the mental part of pushing yourself through to do like running and you're really tired or something. But there wasn't that every moment fear of I could crash really hard right now. It's going to hurt really bad. At the Olympics, it was a little, it was actually a little more chill there, believe it or not, because we had a lot more practice and it just felt like a normal session at home because we weren't all like fighting for this practice time. And then probably go to a quiet corner to kind of talk over my runs with my coach and figure out what we're gonna do. We're usually like sitting around the course, watching something going on, talking about whatever comes to mind and just getting ready to go. When I'm riding, I'll hear things that he's said that just, it's like, it's just a quick little reminder. He's always like yelling, keep pushing. <laughs> so sometimes like during a run when it's you're like really out of breath and you kind of hear that and it's like, okay, keep going. And also just like, I started like talking to myself just like during the run. Like sometimes if I'm about to do a trick that I'm scared to do and I feel like something weird is gonna happen in the middle of the trick that's gonna make me crash, I'll be talking to myself like, you've done this a million times. You know how to do this, flip straight, just like little things like that. And I think it, if it's not a reminder, it at least is like distracting me from thinking about other things that might make me like slip my hand off or something. You have all the negative voices in your head saying all this stuff. And so then to like out loud, talk to myself like against those voices and you can do this, you know how to do this, kind of just counters those other voices. Mind Tricks was an Instagram page I started to post stories from athletes about dealing with different mental health things, I guess, because I was always posting my own stories and people were telling me that they really enjoyed reading them and, and it helped them. So I thought if we had like a central place where I could keep sharing those and then encourage other athletes to share, that could be like a, a fun thing to do. And then 
We ended up doing a project within Red Bull with a lot of the athletes and artists and stuff to just have more conversations around mental health. Now we've done some Instagram lives where we'll have athletes come in and just have a discussion about it. So really just like the goal is to get more conversations going and make it more of a normal conversation. They've all given me different tips and stuff. And then sometimes it takes me a while to take in what they've said and stuff. But then at the end, it's it always turns into some sort of thing, tool that I can use. I feel like everything I've learned through BMX is stuff I can take into like the real world and apply to life. Just having to try something over and over again and not getting upset or think you failed if you don't get it. Just really learning how to like push for something to get it. And also just using my bike and the, the motivation I have for riding to step out of my comfort zone and do all these things that I never would have done before. Not letting it get so serious, even with all the Olympic stuff and the training. And now it does feel like we have competitors and everyone's competing for their country and stuff. So I think in a sense, it's my way of just like still keeping it a little more friendly and stuff. But then also, yeah, it's like at the end of the day, I'm my biggest competitor. It doesn't even matter what everyone else is doing. I think every so often it it starts to feel a bit too much or a little stressful. But then at the end of the day, like you can always come back to your like core circle, your original people. And there's so many more people joining as well, which is really cool. In two weeks, I have this 13-year-old girl from Japan who she started following me and learning some of the tricks that I was doing, including like the 540 and was like sending me messages of like how much of an inspiration I was to her. And she's 13 and she's already better than me. Like she's so insanely talented and her mom is sending her to stay with me for a week to train. And that's just bringing me back to like when I first started riding and was riding with these other riders who just kind of took me under their wing and taught me stuff. So it's cool now to be kind of on the other side of it where I'm getting to meet these new young kids who are coming in and they see me as an inspiration, but I mean, they're already, you know, better than me at 13 years old. So it's going to be really cool to see like how she progresses and where she ends up and just like where the sport ends up in general. I would say, obviously trust your gut. It's all about everyone working together and contributing like what they're best at for the best outcome. And like people that are willing to step back if they know they're not like the best for that specific situation. And then, yeah, like it, it will, if it's right, it will start to feel like a family. My coach, Daniel, my physio, James, they're the ones that really just bring me together at each event and help keep everything rolling. And I've got my parents and my siblings and stuff. And yeah, they, everyone's just like a really tight knit group and they keep it all together for me. It's definitely not possible without each and every one of them. I feel like everything I've done, I've been able to like grow, like the anxiety and going out and doing things, I feel like is just all from the things I've learned and like the passion I have for riding bikes. That was Nikita Ducaro. And if you want to hear more from Nikita, I recommend listening to our other episode with her. In that episode, Kate leads you through an exercise to help assess what a supportive environment means for you and how to start acting on that knowledge. 
So if you want to go back and give that episode a listen, check it out at Mindset Win wherever you get your podcast.